You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IR Lone Star. Trick or treat, Lone Star Radio listeners. This is Dick, the general manager, taking this quick moment to remind you that Lone Star Community Radio is looking to fill some of our talk show slots along with some of our DJ slots. We have a new show airing on the 10th, Making Connections with Stacey Harris, which will air every second Tuesday of the month at 1 p.m. Make sure to check it out along with our other programs on Lone Star Community Radio. For more information on Lone Star Community Radio, visit us online at IRLoneStar.com. And again, if you're interested in doing something with us, call the station, 936-647-3776. Thanks for checking out this recording, and I hope you guys enjoy. Welcome to the Good News Show with uh, Ted Cox today. We are uh, broadcasting out of Conroe. We're on uh, FM 105 uh, 104.5, excuse me, and 106.1. Uh, we're also streaming on IRLoneStar.com. Um, we have a really good show today. We've got uh, a couple of guests that I think are going to really uplift and inspire you. Uh, we've got... Uh, 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 a Marine who has got a really interesting project that uh, we'll be talking about with a new memorial. We also have in our second hour, a uh, gentleman who lives just south of where we're broadcasting, uh, just um, maybe five minutes or so. And he's going to tell us, along with a couple of his neighbors, uh, some really uplifting and inspiring stories about uh, what went on during the course of Harvey uh, and interestingly, not just the recovery just after, uh, but uh, the recovery that's still ongoing. Uh, but as I was driving here, I, I must admit uh, that uh, today I feel uh, quite a bit uh, fatigued. It's probably the best way that I can, uh, I can describe it. Uh, when we first started to conceive of the show, as we started thinking about what's the show going to be about uh, one of the sort of premise that we went with was that uh, we are just simply bombarded with negative news uh, throughout most of, of the day and most of the week. And if any of you watch uh, our own social media or different formats that we get our news from today or some of the late night comedy shows uh, or many of the networks, um, the news networks, uh, it just seems like the last couple of years we have just been at, at each other's uh, throats. Uh, but I was trying to figure out why why this morning did I feel uh, just sort of uh, tired, and not just a physical tired, but just almost a, a completely being worn out. And uh, if uh, many of you think back over the last uh, 60 days, and of course, we're broadcasting out of the greater Houston area, just north of Houston, maybe uh, 45 to 50 minutes due north of the city, uh, we have over the last 60 days uh, been really bombarded, to use, a, use the same word again. Uh, in the greater Houston area, of course, we endured, uh, not quite 60 days ago, we endured Harvey. Uh, it came across and came on shore uh, south of the Houston area, but caused a great deal of damage with the winds and the storm surge, and then just parked itself over Houston. And if you're in the greater Houston area listening or north of Houston in our, in our normal broadcast or even outside of it, you you recall all of the images that were uh, going on, all of the struggles of 
of life-saving uh, efforts that were going on and the floods that were going on. Seemingly right on the heels of that, uh, the uh, Caribbean and then the peninsula of Florida was hit with Irma. Uh, and of course, that caused a great deal of damage, again, with both the wind and the storm surge. And it seemed like right after that was Maria in the Caribbean. And most recently, over the last week or so, we're seeing all the devastation and of the port of Puerto Rico. And in that same time frame, we've had wildfires in California. We've been threatened by uh, North Korea. We've had the the threat of Iran and ISIS continuing to uh, hover over us. And, and this is on the heels of really a two-year knockdown dragout political campaign. And I was just thinking, wow, we have really endured uh, quite a bit over the last couple of years and, and significant, significant damage and significant uh, testing uh, of ourselves, uh, of our sort of spiritual natures, of of our physical natures, of our financial and, and governmental uh, uh, natures. And as many of you know, uh, just over this past weekend, we had this horrific shooting uh, in Las Vegas. And uh, certainly over the last uh, two days, in particular three days, as we're watching the news, it just seems like that the, the pile on of of these catastrophes, both natural as well as international, uh, and this horrific shooting where 58 people uh, were murdered and almost 500 were, were wounding, it, it just felt like that this was uh, a tremendous fatigue. Uh, it almost seems like that even in our places of escape, uh, sports are, have been completely infiltrated with, uh, with political uh, gestures. And as I was driving over, uh, just before I come here to the studio to be with you all for a couple of hours, I, I teach high school students um, a worldviews class. Uh, and it's really interesting to watch these, these young high schoolers uh, endure some of them. Uh, in, in one of my classes, 80% of the students were impacted uh, by Harvey, even some of them up to the point where they've completely lost uh, their homes. And they're looking out at the, into the nation and they're wondering, what kind of world uh, am I coming into? What kind of world will, will I go to college in? And we were really wondering about, um, really wondering about what is happening uh, to us. Um, we were talking about this event. We were talking about um, uh, uh, the media and wondering um, what was, what's going on uh, with, with this individual? It seems like the media's obsession is about why what did this happen? Why, what drove this individual uh, to acquire so many arms, um, stockpile them, apparently stake out these particular locations, uh, and then fire uh, into the crowd? What kind of world will we grow up in was, was really the topic uh, of today. And it almost seems like uh, you have two real worldviews coming into conflict with one another. Uh, from a sort of general political um, point of view, uh, we have means of solutions by either legislation or education or medication. Uh, but I think that there is probably something quite a bit more significant and deeper uh, going on. I'm not so sure that political solutions 
are the answer. And again, these young high schoolers are beginning to wonder uh, that as well. In the midst of this, however, in the midst of Harvey and Irma and Maria and the wildfires and, and uh, this, uh, this horrific shooting, uh, we do have some real stories of heroism. Uh, we saw uh, where a, poli a police officer was off duty, saved over 30 people in being able to transport them. We heard of a doctor uh, treating a thousand wounded patients in immediate triage in one hour. But in particular, what I wanted to tell you about and kind of share with you a, a story that no doubt many of you by now have known, and this really dovetails into what we'll be talking about over the next 45 minutes with, a, with another hero who probably shirks uh, at that label as much as what I'm about to read to you. But, but it was as it was reported on CNN, and I'm pulling this from CNN.com, was a security guard at the Mandalay Bay. His name was Jesus Campos. And as it's come now to report, he was completely unarmed. And as most heroes do, he rushed towards the shooting. And as it's been reported, and part of the premise of the show was not to look necessarily at all the carnage and all the destruction, whether it be natural or man-made, and look at it and go, woe is us. But I wanted to take just a few minutes and say, where are the bright spots? Where are these heroes who emerge out of, out of this carnage? And one of this is Mr. Campos. No doubt many of you probably have heard, heard the story already, but it's worth telling for just a minute or so. Uh, as you may know, again, he was, uh, he has come to find out we, he was completely unarmed. Uh, he went towards the door and has been reported that some 200 rounds were fired into the hall, one of them striking his leg. He was wounded in, in the thigh. And despite that, he used his, his master key to rescue the floor, the floor, the immediate floor, the 32nd floor, as well as the one above and the one below. And ultimately, ultimately, he had to be ordered to leave. No doubt, this action, because it's been reported now in a couple of different out outlets, that this action is what caused, because of the surveillance within the hall, for the shooter to stop his shooting into the crowd and begin to turn the fire on this security guard, and ultimately onto the police, and it, it saved uh, countless lives, not only with, with getting the people out of the floor, out of the rooms on the floor in which this is happening, but also preventing even further shots to be taken into the crowd. And when, when he was asked, when he was labeled, uh, you're a hero, uh, he, like many of the heroes that we, we have talked to over the past couple of weeks and we're going to talk to over the next couple of weeks, he basically said, I was just doing my job. So this hero who prevented countless deaths did not want to be called that, but he truly is a bright spot uh, in an otherwise fatiguing um, set of circumstances. And so what we have in our first first hour, just as we come out of the break, is we'll have in our, for the next about 45 minutes, uh, Jimmy Edwards, who is a retired Marine. Uh, he is the chairman of the Montgomery County Veterans Memorial Commission. Uh, and we're going to talk to him. We're going to talk to him a little bit about his life and his service. 
Uh, we'll talk about the memorial itself and its intent and what it's going to be honored and when it opens and all the different ways uh, that, uh, that you can get in, involved in either coming and seeing the commissioning or opening uh, or anything else that he may want to, uh, to tell you about it. So again, if you're, if you're listening, um, I, I, I hope and I pray that uh, even as you look out into all of what's going on with us seemingly at each other's throats, either from a political standpoint or racial standpoint or uh, struggling over funds to fix certain things uh, with regards to some of the natural uh, disasters uh, or sitting around wondering why did something like this Las Vegas happen? Uh, let's take the next uh, little more than an hour and a half and celebrate the people that are among us that uh, looked into destruction and looked in, looked fear and danger uh, into the face uh, and reacted in many ways as we would hope to react in caring for our neighbors and protecting fellow Marines. Um, we're going to break now. Uh, and as we come out of break, uh, Jimmy Edwards will join us and he'll tell us all about the, the upcoming uh, Memorial Commission. Uh, we'll talk to you right after the break. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show. With monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936 6473. Well, welcome back to the Good News Program. You're talking to Ted Cox, and I am here in the studio with Jimmy Edwards. Uh, we're uh, broadcasting out of Conroe, uh, and you can listen to us, or you are listening to us live on 104.5, 106.1, and uh, as you uh, get to wherever your destination is, if you want to continue to listen with us, you can stream live on IRLoneStar.com. Uh, so I'd like to make an introduction, and, and he will certainly uh, introduce himself. Uh, but Jimmy Edwards is in the studio with us, and welcome, Jimmy. Tell us, uh, introduce yourself, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you, Ted. Glad to be here. Um, Ted, I'm a lifetime mem member, I, I see that, <laughs> lifetime resident of Montgomery County. I guess I'm a member also, and uh, been here all of my life. I have begun a work along mm -hmm. with several other members concerning the Montgomery County Veterans Memorial Park. Okay. Um, a little about my history. I'm a Conroe High School graduate in 1966. Okay. Went off to school, uh, University of Maryland. Basically got a degree at uh, Sammy State University after I came back from the Marine Corps. Uh, joined the service when I was 20. Uh, I was then I was <laughs> in the United States Marine Corps. And, uh, my assignment was Vietnam. Mm. My MOS was 0311, which is basically a ground pounder, grunt, uh -huh. carried a weapon through the jungles of Vietnam. Uh, August 19th, 1969, I was wounded. And according to the telegram that my parents received, 
It said that I had been wounded, resulting in the traumatic field amputation of both legs. <clears throat> I was medevaced out to Da Nang Hospital, from there to Clark Air Force Base, from there to Guam, uh, where I began rehab from there into Edwards and then into Northern California to Oak Knoll Naval Hospital in Oakland, California. Mm, okay. I did my rehab there and walked home December, Christmas of 69. And um, shortly after that, I went back to school. And shortly after that, I decided that uh, I wanted to play a role in politics in this county. Ah. So at a very young age, I announced for the legislature in a four-man okay. race. I was still a senior at Sam Houston. I had Walker County in my district and ran and got elected. And I was to spend the next several years in the Texas House of Representatives. From there, I came back home and ran for county judge and got elected. After uh, one term after that, I decided, as did the voters, that I wanted to be in the private sector and go to work and make a living, which mm. I did. Okay. But I stayed active in politics across the state in Austin, San Antonio, here in Conroe. And my wife and I lived on the coast for many years. And then we returned here. Okay. And uh, have been here for the past 11 years. Okay. We live out in cut and shoot area. Ah, okay. It's a little bit of a drive to get here. A little bit of a drive to get here, <laughs> but I come in town all the time. Okay, okay. Well, tell us a little bit about uh, uh, your uh, service, as much, of course, as you want. And first of all, thank you for your service, but your service within uh, Vietnam. And, and maybe for those of us who weren't there, but certainly have seen documentaries and all the things in terms of your return, uh, how were you greeted as you, as you returned? I was one of the very fortunate Marines or fortunate soldiers to come home. I had corresponded a lot from Vietnam with friends and people that I grew up with here. Okay. When I stepped off the airplane December the 22nd of 1969, mm -hmm. the end of that runway were over 100 people from Conroe, Texas. They wow. greeted me. Uh, there had been some issues over when I was out in California. Okay. But uh, when I got up. Uh, and I had told everybody I wasn't coming home, that I wasn't going in the VA. I was going back to school. Okay. And I was walking home. I wasn't coming home in a wheelchair. Mm. And so everybody greeted me. So I was very fortunate with that. And I was received very well. Montgomery County, Conroe, Texas, uh, took good well, took good care of me uh, and my family uh, Okay. when we came home. Well, good. I mean, that's because, uh, again, you, you see so many of the documentaries. I was a, a fairly young child at the time. Um, don't want to give away my age, but uh, I'm a little younger than you are. Uh, and so a lot of the documentaries seems to, to, to have uh, a lot of the protests seem to be the highlight uh, of that era, that, uh, uh, that we seem to be trying to atone for that uh, in the Gulf War, both Gulf Wars, as we greet and celebrate our, our veterans coming back. And I, it seems like that maybe why you perhaps are downplaying what happened in California, but you were not, you, you did not see that in Texas. You saw some in Texas. You saw some across the country. You saw a lot across the country. Okay. About the stories about where soldiers ditched their uniforms, hit out, didn't come home mm, because right. of the issues and because of the way, the way, the way they received. Yes, there were issues. But it wasn't so much local here, and it wasn't so much for me. 
Yes. And I basically had a job to do. I want to get about my life. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't getting into that particular issues. I will say that this country and the Americans across this country have really come forward in supporting their military now. Right. And it's really changed over the past many years. Mm, okay. But we don't want to forget yeah. any of the veterans that served. Right. And so uh, as you moved into uh, to your your schooling and uh, your, your higher education, as you've already talked a little bit about, uh, what were some of the things that you saw in the legislature? How did that... How did that military experience uh, inform you and help you through some of the legislature um, battles, fights, um, those kind of things? How how did uh, how did that help you, or how did it hinder you, perhaps? Oh, I wasn't necessarily way. so hindered. There were okay. several members on the Texas House of Representatives in it on the floor that had served in Vietnam. Okay, okay. While the war, you understand, the war was not over. Still, right. The still was war is going to seventy five. So you had a group of Vietnam veterans while Vietnam was going on in the Texas legislature. Okay. But there were times in mm -hmm. great political debate that I, at least in Vietnam, I knew who was shooting at me from where they were shooting at me. <laughs> and on the floor of the House of Representatives, I got a little confused sometimes going, wait a minute, what is going on here today? <laughs> and so it was... So yeah. you saw enemies were hidden yeah. within the weeds there in the legislature as much as the enemies in the weeds of, uh, of Vietnam, no doubt. Yeah, now what's coming at me? And <laughs> right. So are coming at us. I enjoy my sessions in the legislature. Sure. There was a lot of gr great group of men and women working. Uh, it was predominantly, of course, as you know, Democratic back in the 70s. Right. And so uh, Tom DeLay, who went on to become... Mm. Uh, majority leader, majority. And even speaker, set two desks over for me. And I didn't even know he was a Republican until his second session of the legislature, and he just happened <laughs> to mention it. <laughs> so we all worked together. It wasn't the party identification. Mm, okay. The legislature dealt with issues. You had conservative members and you had liberal members. That's how the battles issued down. It okay. had nothing to do with party. And so sometimes I wish now that that's what was going on. Right. That— uh, that label. We're all first, if you want to talk about legislators, we're Texans and we're Americans and we're there to do the job. Right. And we were very fortunate during those times, the economy was excellent. So okay. th we had plenty of dollars. And yeah, because it didn't, it wasn't until what, the late 70s, mid, early 80s, 80s when the turn, downturn? When the big turn. Hit. Of course, I was from and growing up in South Carolina at the time. So, so we didn't experience the same downturn in the oil market and so forth that Texas did. Yeah. Uh, so, well, you have an interesting and unique uh, uh, position uh, from which to to sit back, perhaps, and uh, watch uh, what's going on uh, in various places, not the least of which is Washington. Uh, what would be kind of your assessment of, of what's going on without perhaps naming uh, your side, just your assessment about uh, what's going on and uh, how do you see a, us charting a course maybe out of this? I wouldn't, I don't follow this. Yeah. Yes, I do in a way. I've, I'm not involved in the D.C. politics so much 
as I am probably the legislative okay. on the Texas legislature side. Okay, okay. But D.C., if you're just asking my opinion. Just opinion, yeah, just, just your— ba- Basically. Uh-huh. I mean, just basically what everyone's got to do, and they cannot for some reason be able to do it, is join together and understand the issues and problems of this country. Right. A lot of people are putting party ahead. Mm. A lot of people are putting their own particular interests ahead. There are a lot of people that I think that are there that it's time to go. We need a fresh voice. Okay. We need younger voices. Okay. Both Republican and Democrat. And do you see, I mean, you, you mentioned uh, that uh, the, the driving when you were in the legislature was a driving ideology. It was either a conservative ideology or, or a progressive or liberal ideology. But do you see the same thing at, at work today? And again, I'm Asking kind of, I can't from figure out the ideology of <laughs> a lot of people in Washington D.C. I okay. don't know which direction they're coming from or where they're headed. Okay, okay. And I tend to center on the issues that we've got here that I am working on. Okay, okay. And that is about all the time that I've got to do. Okay, well that that certainly seems uh, reasonable, but uh, I certainly couldn't let you go uh, and get your perspective as we again to look out into the world and see us uh, seemingly at each other's uh, throats um, uh, as Americans um, to get your get your feedback and your opinion. And uh, we are about to uh, to go into a break. We'll have uh, traffic and weather coming up here in just a few seconds. And on the other side of this, uh, as Jimmy, as you alluded to, we want to talk all about what you have going on that's consuming so much of your time uh, and then how we, uh, as a part of the Texans, as part of Houston's, Houstonians can uh, be a part of that. So we'll uh, talk to you on the other side of the break, and we'll be coming right back in a couple of minutes. Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's community radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That's Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on the computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. A Lone Star Community Radio, broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe. Welcome back to the Good News Program with Ted Cox. Uh, today in the studio, I have... Uh, retired Marine Corps, uh, Jimmy Edwards in our uh, studio here to talk to us about a uh, memorial uh, that's going to be going up. Uh, Actually, probably he'll tell you all the details about the movement. Uh, But you are listening on Conroe's on uh, 104.5, 106.1. And you're also, if as you get landed uh, from wherever you're going to be in your car, uh, you can also stream us on IRLoneStar.com. Uh, Jimmy, as we uh, broke uh, at the bottom of the hour for traffic and weather, uh, you made mention that uh, there is something that's been consuming a great deal of your time is one of the reasons why I wanted to have you come in and chat with us. So uh, tell us what's uh, what's going on with the new memorial. What we're working on, Ted, along with several other members of the Montgomery County Veterans Memorial Commission. I'll give you a little history about what we're doing. Oh, yes. by the way, there's yeah. no there's no such thing. As a retired Marine. 
Okay, well, that's they never retire. <laughs> they're all they're always former Marines okay. or Marines. Okay, because once you're a Marine, you're always a Marine. Okay, well, and, thank you. Yeah, and, I was reading off your card, so please, please excuse yeah, the uh, no, I'm just inappropriate. Cut, I'm just kind of because you don't want to mess with a Marine cutting away. So that that's just one of the deals that yes. Marines have. Thank you. So I'll give you a little history on what we're doing. Yes, please. Back in the early <laughs> '70s, at the intersection of City Road, right here, San Jacinto, and 105. Okay. There beside what is now the tax office, which was at the time, we there was a small park built honoring the fallen soldiers of Montgomery County. Oh, okay, okay. <clears throat> and it was built there under the auspices of several people from Conroe, along with the library board and volunteers and others. The park had some issues. Okay. One was accessibility and visibility and uh, ADA accessibility, et cetera. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So in 80, near 86, while I was county judge, we built a new memorial. It was a fountain. And the names of the fallen were there around the fountain. Okay. The fountain had some issues over time. It began to fall in disrepair and it wasn't taken care of. Several years ago, when I returned back to Montgomery County to live here, I saw that the park had a lot of issues, and I began to talk to other people about it, about maybe moving it. The problem of it is where it is now. There is no visibility. There is no accessibility. Okay. And you have a real horrendous problem with parking. And so a lot of people said it was time. And probably in 86 when we redid the park, we should have moved it then. A lot of people said it's too small right now because okay. it's not even quite a lot big. It is a big corner, but that is as far as it goes. Okay. So so the refurbishment or the rebuilding happened on exactly the same spot or very, very close to yes. it? Yes. Well, right okay. there at the same spot. The same spot. Okay. And that's yeah. in, here in uh, downtown Conroe. If you're listening outside of the Conroe area, not familiar, we're actually just uh, broadcasting just across the street or very close across the street on Main Street across from the courthouse. So it's... In this general downtown area. That is correct. Yeah. It's about just a block away. Yeah. And so I <clears throat> got to talking to people. So one day I decided to conduct a survey. And so I um, have a three-wheel cart that I get around on. Mm -hmm. And so I just went around the square talking to different people. And I asked them, where's the Montgomery County War Memorial Park? Mm -hmm. And that's the name of it. And about, about 135 people I talked to, no one knew where it was. Even though it's a block away, Even give though or I, take. In fact, I asked people in the parking lot of the tax office where the <laughs> where it is located. Okay. And they did not know where it was. Okay, okay. So, it's again, it's a visibility. Yeah. And so <clears throat> what, we just, what I decided to do was to find people that would help me, and we began to form up the commission. Now, I want to say mm -hmm. that that park has been maintained, and that falls direct credit to Commissioner Scord. And to especially Commissioner Mike Matter, Precinct 1. Okay. Mike and his crew, and he made sure that part was taken care of. Now, is, yeah. it, is it maintained by volunteers or no, by no, the no, city? No, 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 no. maintained by the county. Okay. It's or by county, county ground, county park. Okay. All right. And so, but Commissioner Matter made sure that that part was taken care of. Okay. It lies right there beside City Hall and right there beside the back parking lot of the tax office, which has, as you well know, horrendous issues about parking anyway. Mm. And the court is well aware of that. Okay. But I have to give direct credit to that, to the commissioner's court. So we 
<clears throat> began to work on farm and commission. We began to work on our how to do it and form a nonprofit and to go from there. And we decided that the best place to do was to move the park. Ah, okay. And so we began talking to city officials, the mayor, Duke Coon, Mayor Pro Tem, and other council members. There was one thing we did not want to do was to move this park out of Conroe because it okay. is the county seat. Okay. The county seat, this park needed to be there. What I did was I crisscrossed this county. I talked to every American Legion, every VFW, and every military organization asking for their help and support because without them to start it, then it wouldn't do me any good. And every one of them, every post, all came in very strong for to support a new park. So we began from there. <clears throat> and about how long ago did this, this effort started? It started start? a little less than a year ago. Just a year. Okay. We have come a long way. No doubt. One year. So under the auspices of working with Commissioner Metter and Mayor Powell and uh, Mayor Pro Tem Duke Coon, we uh, began to look for a site. And we came to the conclusion for high visibility for the place for it to be seen mm -hmm. was at the intersection of I-45 and 105 45. East. Okay. Where presently it is called the Conroe Water Park. Okay. Or it is called the Water Park, or it is called Water Retention Pond, or it's <laughs> called whatever. Okay. There, okay. there are two flags there. The city that is state-owned property, state of Texas owns it. But it's managed by the city of Conroe. So the commission members, we're now up to about 11, 12 members strong, began to visit with the city and the county and the state. So we needed some support and help. So we went to Representative Metcalf, okay. Senator Brandon Creighton, and others. They carried a resolution asking or telling, basically, advising the state agencies to assist us especially the Texas Department of Highways and Public Transportation, and along with several other state agencies. It passed unanimously in the House, unanimously in the Senate, and signed by the governor of state, Texas, Governor Abbott. Okay. We took that resolution to the Highway Department here in Conroe and also in Houston, and they said we will support it. Do not, you know, av right. avoid any issues about what those ponds are there. And the city of Conroe says we're in, so they passed their resolution. Okay. The okay. county passed their resolution to support, and we were off and about. <clears throat> so what are we doing is the question. The names of 166 fallen soldiers from World War I forward is in this memorial. Okay. And their names are going to be remembered. And that is what we're about. It's not only service, but it is remembrance. Okay. So we have designed a memorial <clears throat> and uh, has somewhat of a Jeffersonian look. We're working mm. on a master plan. The memorial will hold the names of the 166 phones. We are also expanding the memorial in the names. Okay. What we're doing is if, if you were in the service— and you ever lived in Montgomery County, or you live here now, your name after an application fee and an after an application is processed, your name will go in the memorial. Okay. 
We have right now approximately 56,000 soldiers from Montgomery County serving in the active duty or reserve. They would all be eligible. Anybody that served in the service will be eligible to place their name there. Okay. We will honor the fallen, and we will honor those that served in the military. Also, the following. If you live in Montgomery County, you live here now, or did live here in Montgomery County, and you have a relative that served in the service, even though he may have never seen Montgomery County, his name may, or her name may also go in the memorial. Okay. So there's three levels. Okay. And so people have asked, why have you expanded it? Because we want to honor those that served. Okay. And I've even talked to some veterans and said, wait a minute, I don't rate having my name or something. I said, listen, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when you take the oath of service in the United States military and you become a member of this mil- a member of the military of the United States of America, you don't know where you're going or what you are going to do. Right. I knew men and women that served in the United States Coast Guard in the 60s, but they ended up in Vietnam. Everyone thinking right. they were going to maybe guard Galveston or something. Right, right. It did not work that way. I know men and women that were in the Navy that ended up in crucial situations where their lives were at risk in a situation, even though it was peacetime. Mm. You could take the USS Iowa that caught fire and 47-something sailors were killed and a huge battle over the fire and the issues to keep that ship from sinking. You've seen the recent ships that have collision Right, yeah. That has caused men and women. So you don't know. Yeah, yeah. So the question is, when you take that oath, you will be part of this memorial. We're going to honor our veterans and continue to honor our veterans. Very good. And so the memorial will be there at that intersection. It is high visibility. Okay. And uh, it will be, we're looking at a bridge across to it. Okay. We're looking at a... Several issues of the construction of it, and uh, we are looking forward to it. So, okay, we have commission members, we have volunteers, and that is what we're, we're what we're doing there. Okay, fantastic. Well, we um, we are going to go to a, a short break. Uh, you are listening to the Good News Program, and again, you've just been listening over the last few minutes about from uh, Jim, Jimmy Edwards, a non-retired Marine. Um, and uh, all of the uh, adventures he's had over the last uh, year. It's just remarkable. I, w- I do want to come back and talk a little bit about the process uh, of where, and then you've given us a great uh, e- uh, explanation about where you are. Uh, and then talk th- the remaining minutes as we get to the top of the hour uh, on all of the people, where do they come? How do they find you? How do they get their name on it? And so forth. So uh, as we come back for break, we'll pick up the conversation. Uh, And again, we're talking to Jimmy Edwards here on the Good News Program. We'll talk to you right after the break. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out IRLoneStar.com slash sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776 with your question. Get seen on TV, 
or YouTube and heard on our podcast, FM and Internet Radio. Sponsor your local radio station with Lone Star Community. Hey, welcome back to the Good News Program. You're listening here on Conroe Zone 104.5, 106.1, and you're streaming live as you get to your landing zone from your cars uh, on IRLoneStar.com. Uh, for the past uh, 30 or so minutes, we've been talking uh, with uh, Jimmy Edwards. Uh, he is the chairman of the Montgomery County Veterans Memorial Commission and has been talking about this amazing journey. The first part of it was his life's journey uh, and uh, uh, injuries and coming back home and the pursuit of legislature and serving the, the people of uh, Conroe and of Texas, uh, not only in his military service, but then in his legislative service. Uh, and then more recently, um, over the last year, which has been absolutely remarkable, we were talking a little bit during the break. Uh, as I sit, sit here and listen, it, it seems like that I can't imagine that a legislature can get through any legislative piece of, of material in, in, less than a, in less than a year. So it was remarkable. But as he rejoins us, I, I, he's still got quite a bit to talk about with regards to what's going on and uh, what's left to be done. And, and, and as he has already described, a number of qualifiers for people uh, who serve to get their name in remembrance into this memorial uh, and so we'll talk a little bit about that uh, in the remaining uh, seven or eight minutes that we have left. So, so Jimmy, go ahead. I know you've got a lot to talk about in terms of what's going on and the design. And, well, we're and moving so. forward in the memorial. We have an engineering company that is working, an architecture company that is working with us. We have several that have volunteered. Okay. We People are saying, we'll help, we'll assist. It starts everything from building material to engineering. Right. And, of course, a lot of it is going to have to be paid for, too. Mm. You have to understand about this memorial. We're honoring those that have served. We are honoring those that have fallen. But this is going to be an interactive, media-sensitive memorial. Oh, okay. You can go into the memorial and touch a screen, or you can go to an all-weather book, and you can look up the name of an individual. It could be like Jack R. Jones, Line 1, Section 2, Panel 3. Okay. okay. You can go to that. Okay. Or you can be sitting at home. Huh. And you can look it up. You can go to our website, mcvetmemorialpark.org. Okay. And you can look it up that way. Say, for instance, you have your grandfather. His name is in there. You can go in. You can make changes. You can add photographs. You can add pictures. Okay. So you could be in a ninth grade class in Sioux City, Iowa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you could look up this memorial and see all of the historical data behind it. Okay. So we're going to be interactive, social-wise and media-wise. Okay. Second, we intend to go to the Department of Energy and ask for a grant okay. to solar power this memorial. Huh. We can use the solar panels as cover over the parking area. Okay. Over the so the, okay. And so we're looking at that. Okay. So <clears throat> it is not just an area. You go in, look at a few names or a few statues and walk out the door. It's going to be a working educational memorial. Okay. So these are some of the preambles we have. Okay. The memorial will be a sobering reminder of the sacrifices that just ordinary people have made in times of great conflict and deadly struggle. Okay. The memorial will collectively represent these sacrifices and find examples of art, 
and architecture. Okay. The memorial will be a place for gathering. It will be a place for, say, concerts, for an educational uh, uh, programs, but because the memorial is designed somewhat with an amphitheater effect okay. over the water. Uh, it will be a gathering place if you want to be married there or if you want to be buried. Everything that we can do will be, of course, the commission will monitor all activities in it. Okay. So these are some things that we're going to be doing. The grounds adjoining the memorial will make this basically a project of public artwork that expresses the emotions of war, relief, sorrow, or a celebration of victory. Okay. It is all comprehensive. Now, <clears throat> basically, we're looking at private donations, which are uh, charitable donations and tax uh, deductible. The Commissioner's Court of Montgomery County has stepped forward with county dollars. The city of Conroe has also pledged it. Okay. We are beginning a pilgrimage across this county to every city that is incorporated. Okay, okay. From Magnolia <clears throat> to Spindora, from Willis to the Woodlands. We will be asking for resolutions of support and help. This is a county-wide effort. Okay. This is not a Conroe effort. This is a Montgomery County effort. We're looking for support because the residents and the soldiers of Montgomery County all will be in this single one memorial. Okay. And so the commission will be asking all support across the county. And that is very, very important. Yes. And we have to what we're doing coming up <clears throat> November the 12th, which is Veterans Day weekend. November the 12th. Okay. <clears throat> at four o'clock in the afternoon. We are decommissioning the park. We have it inside. We do not know what the weather is, so we're going to have it at the First Baptist Church in Conroe, Texas, okay. there on North Main. Okay, First Baptist. It is a military ceremony. Of course, people are invited. We'll have a little reception at first, and then there will be a decommissioning. The names of the fallen will be there, will be read, or uh, we will have a... A basically a very impressive and outstanding ceremony. Okay. And so we have to do this first. I am we're treating the park as if it were a naval ship. Okay. All in right. other words, we're just not gonna go in there and start grabbing up names and plaques and flags and bushes and right. and all of that and tear it down. That's not gonna happen. We're gonna do it the way it is. Okay. Uh the officials that have helped us will be recognized, all those gold star families, gold star mothers. Families that have names and relatives there, okay, they will be also recognized. So we urge everybody to participate November the 12th, 4 o'clock in the afternoon at the First Baptist Church in Conroe, Texas. Okay, and let's, let's just give uh, everyone the, the website again. And uh, for, uh, for those who are listening to the Good News Show uh, here with Ted Cox, uh, I will post a link on this, uh, to this on our Facebook page as well. Uh, but it's uh, the the website to get all of this information uh, is www.mcvetmemorialmemorialpark.org. mcvetmemorialpark.org. Mm -hmm. uh, and is the upcoming, I assume that it is, I don't have it called up on my screen right now, but is the November the 12th 
event? Is that on your website? Can they can they go? Can it the is folks getting there? on there now. Okay, yes. fine. So yeah. so shortly, uh, they can also website. see it. It's going to be in the newspapers, the local newspapers. It will be okay. Uh, there there will be flyers that are going to be out about it. So we're advertising in just different ways as we can. And, and by by you saying this, the public is indeed. Uh, absolutely. Welcome and invited. Absolutely. This is not just should, the families of right, the okay. Right. Absolutely. The we need the public there to to see what we're doing and and Fantastic. what we are about. Okay. And again, that is uh, for for those of you who are listening. It'll be up on the website soon. I likewise on our Facebook page, the Good News Show uh, Facebook page, will post uh, the event. But it is November the twelfth. Uh, it's at four p.m. Uh, it is here off of Main Street in uh, uh, Conroe, the First Baptist Church. Uh, and so the public is welcome to come and participate and view. And uh, as uh, Jimmy has said, this is an active participation, not just of the commission itself or the county, but uh, all residents of Montgomery County. And again, this is 4 p.m. November the 12th at First Baptist, which is the decommissioning uh, of the current memorial, the current park. Um so, uh, Jimmy, well, I guess with just the last uh, couple of minutes, uh, you mentioned um, you mentioned the fact that uh, the all that have served or are currently serving uh, the hundred or fifty six thousand potential active members in the Montgomery County that area are serving now. You that are currently serving. You now. can have safe. How, how would they go about getting their? What is the application process? And We're how can setting they that application fee up now. The okay. applications and the fee because you have to have an honorable discharge. Okay. You're going to need okay. your DD-214, which is your discharge forms. Or, for instance, you have a grandfather, say a great-great-grandfather, okay. that served in World War One. Okay. And then you, all you've got are pictures and maybe some medals or pieces of paper or correspondence. Okay. The commission will review it. Okay. Okay. And then, if it's accepted, and then the name would go in the memorial. Uh, you could be a descendant, say a member of the DAR. Okay. Right now, and living in Montgomery County, your descendant may have never seen Texas, but you can prove that you had a relative in the American Revolution. Ah. And okay. so you would file those information with the commission. The commission would review it okay. and then approve it. Okay. It is be a very careful screening process. We cannot afford a Daffy Duck <laughs> in the memorial. Right. In other words, it has to be done correctly and it has to be done reverently and, and whatever. Okay. That has to be done. You can have a member of your family that fought during the Texas Revolution. Okay. Say at the Battle of San Jacinto. And if you can prove that, say you're a member of the DRT, okay. Daughters Republic of Texas. Or you had your grandfather who was in World War II. Or he was on the beaches of Normandy. Or your father was in Vietnam. Okay. Or you have an active duty relative now in Iraq or Afghanistan or someone like or some member like that. That will also be part of it. Okay. The now, what is your expectation for the number of names that could potentially ultimately be don't know. in the remembrance? Do you it have an be, idea? It would it be might? into the thousands. Okay. But they will all be remembered. Okay. And uh, a lot of times it's basically saying that you can be and be part of it. I was talking to one lady who said, I have, you track me to, to my heritage, I have 18 members that would be able to be in that memorial. Okay. We want to honor those veterans and all the veterans that right. have served, but you've got to be either connected or even indirectly connected to Montgomery County. 
Okay. And there's a residency proof. But we're not just, we have expanded the park. Okay. The 166 will be well-remembered, and it will be a beautiful spot where it, their names will be. Okay. But then there will be other names. Perfect. And also, Perfect. as you approach the park, there'll be mentions of the sponsors. Okay. And people that have helped us fund it and do it. Well, that is fantastic. Well, as we end our, uh, end our time, we're going to go to the top of the hour break with weather and traffic. Um, I, I just want to express uh, my gratitude and perhaps on behalf of uh, all of the listeners, whether they're uh, in broadcast in their cards or online, our deep gratitude, Jimmy, for not only your service, uh, but the service as you continued in the legislature and certainly now in remembering all uh, who served in Montgomery County. It's uh, from a warm and deep appreciative heart that that you're here. And we really appreciate all that you've done and what you're doing now for the remembrance. Thank um, you, Tim. Appreciate it. You're welcome. And uh, so we're going to break at the top of the hour. We will talk to you on the other side of the break with some uh, survivors from Harvey and, what, and get their stories about their recovery and their effort. You're listening to The Good News Show with Ted Cox. Uh, talk to you in a couple of minutes. Don't miss Lone Star Community Radio on TV and YouTube. Our talk show and music shows are featured on Our City TV, Suddenlink Channel 12, and have their own YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe to keep up with posted shows and comment on them below the video. Welcome back to The Good News Show. You're listening on Conroe's Own 104.5, 106.1. Um, you can also stream live. We have uh, an app you can download and you can listen to it on your smartphones and tablets, uh, or you can stream live on IRLoneStar.com. Uh, last hour, we talked a little bit about uh, kind of what was going on in, in the world and uh, all the things that we have been facing uh, here in Houston, uh, specifically with Harvey. And of course, we have uh, can look out into the world and see uh, other major hurricanes that have hit. And I just saw uh, on my weather app uh, right before I started driving in, there's another little disturbance down in the Gulf. It just seems like that we are fatigued uh, quite a bit from uh, all that's going on, not only weather related, but also what's happened uh, out in Vegas. Uh, and our thoughts and prayers uh, certainly go out to the all of the um, survivors and those uh, who are trying to comfort others and first responders. Uh, we uh, talked in our first hour a little bit with, uh, with Jimmy Edwards, who is a U.S. Uh, Marine. Uh, he correctly uh, corrected me that uh, once you're a Marine, you're always a Marine. And so we really appreciate Jimmy and his service and his sacrifice. Um, what most of you will see as you perhaps you view the YouTube uh, is that Jimmy um, was injured in war in Vietnam and uh, lost both of his legs. And uh, so he came back uh, as his wonderful uh, story told of serving his country, not only in military action, but then in legislative action. Uh, and even now, uh, he has been spearheading along with his commission, his Montgomery County Veterans Memorial Commission, uh, spearheading uh, this effort, this wonderful effort and right effort uh, to properly memorialize and remember uh, all those who have served the military, regardless of timing and regardless of, of branch, 
uh, all that have served in the military and their, uh, their, their selfless sacrifice, uh, and also their families. Uh, we have both Marines and Army uh, in our family and uh, know that, that it's not just the Marines and, and Army and Navy and Airmen who uh, are sacrificing, but perhaps even more so their, their spouses and uh, children. So we so appreciate and want to give our heartfelt thanks to all the veterans and all who are currently serving as well as their families. And we would do well uh, as a society, as a nation, to thank them uh, whenever we get the opportunity and uh, not try to tear down uh, perhaps these monuments that uh, are a tribute to all that have served. So thank you, Jimmy, for joining us. Uh, now we turn our attention to uh, guests that we have in studio. Uh, we have Christine and Sierra in the studio. And we're going to talk for a few minutes about uh, Harvey, uh, not only Harvey, uh, uh, since it's uh, getting a little bit more in our rearview mirror, there is still quite a bit to do, uh, even in the uh, sort of Montgomery, greater Montgomery, Harris County area for people who are, uh, who are still recovering from this uh, tremendous storm. So first of all, let me welcome uh, Christine and Sierra. Welcome to the studio. Thank you. Uh, thanks for coming. Thanks for having us, Ted. Yeah, you're welcome. So uh, why don't you tell us, Christine, we'll start with you. Tell us a little bit about uh, yourself. And uh, uh, Sierra, once she gets finished, we'll go to you and you'll just tell us a little bit about yourself. And then we'll get into all the Harvey, Harvey work that's yet to be done. Okay. Um, I'm a stay-at-home mom um, from the Woodlands. And... Um, my daughter is special needs, and oh. we have certainly required assistance from our community when she was going through her second kidney transplant. Hmm. And so when Harvey hit, I felt like I had to repay our community for what they had done for us. So okay. That's why I started volunteering. Okay. And how's your daughter now? She's doing better. Thank okay. You. Now, was the the... The, was it a kidney transplant, you yes. said? What, was it going on during the time? Was that happening no. during the course of the, the actual storm hitting? No. Okay. Thank goodness, no. Okay. No. <laughs> that was a couple of years ago, so. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, uh, great. Well, uh, and Sierra, go ahead and tell us maybe a little bit about yourself. And Well, I'm Sierra, and I am from Montgomery. I'm a single mom as well, um, and I'm one of Christine's friends. We kind of networked went at the beginning of Harvey and realized that there were some hyper-local needs that mm. needed to be assessed and, and, and tackled that other agencies weren't quite fit, fitting the bill on. Okay. So we kind of grouped together and so, you know, as, as the needs changed, our, our goals changed. So we were able to roll with the punches in that aspect to okay. get our local neighbors and friends what they really needed. Okay. Okay. So um, now, how did you know each other before, before all of this got started, or did you meet? I knew her mom. I knew okay. her mom, and we had met on one occasion before we started spending every single day, 16 hours a day together. <laughs> yeah. Yes, pretty Can much living imagine. at her house most of the time. Yeah. So you, you talked about uh, kind of rolling, rolling with the needs. Um, so, uh, so Harvey hits and then stays. It seemed like right. it was never going away. Now, were, were both of you here uh, during Ike and then before that, Allison? I was not. So, okay. I was not. here for Ike. Okay, so Ike, Ike you were. And uh, I mentioned a couple of times I'm from originally from South Carolina. Uh, so I lived through Hugo, uh, which was in the late 80s, and it would just wiped clean. And 
Uh, I remember just as our uh, my wife and I were looking to move for her back. She's from Houston, and I was looking to move here. I was looking for a house in Allison Hit, and it just I thought I've never seen rain like this, and it just stayed mm-hmm. and stayed and stayed. Ike blew through, and it was sort of a typical hurricane. It just kind of blew through, and you had. But then Harvey and and I when I can remember thinking, as I saw this sort of zigzag forecast, I thought, oh no, it's coming again. Mm-hmm. Um, but so Harvey came and decided to stay for quite a while. Uh, we saw most of the images were uh, in Port Arthur. We saw a lot of downtown, uh, but. Uh, some of the places that you're serving specifically, we'll talk a little bit about the specific neighborhood that you're in, but we didn't see a whole lot of North Houston being hit. So tell us a little bit about kind of where the damage was and where where you saw this initial need. Uh, and then we'll kind of talk about how it kind of rolled. And right. uh, um, You know, I, I think when I started this, I wanted to do community outreach because I was concerned about areas that were perhaps more poverty-stricken that um, already had issues prior to Harvey and Harvey simply exacerbating those issues for them. And also my fear was that um, those areas might not get the same attention as other areas would. Okay. And I was correct. Okay, okay. (laughs) And so um, we just started, you know, with sandwiches because we knew people were hungry. So we would go out with water and food and that sort of thing. Just kind of immediate. Immediate needs. Okay. Correct. Yeah. And and we started on a Sunday and by that Friday, I had enough volunteers to make 3000 lunch sacks for people. And we had people, you know, going to Kingwood or going to the fifth ward or, and then we found river Oaks in that, in that process. So right now we're focusing on river Oaks and the fifth ward primarily. Okay. Uh, for for those of us, I, I know that uh, we have different folks listening from around the area, so we're broadcasting out of uh, out of Conroe, which is just north of that. So describe where River River Oaks is in relation to where we currently are in Conroe. Well, it's it's just it's just south of Conroe. It's it's um, off of two forty two and Needham Road. Okay, um, right by Irons Middle School. So. Okay. Yeah, and again, for, for those uh, who may be listening outside of the greater Houston area, where we are located is about 45 minutes, roughly, north on a good traffic day, right. uh, north of, uh, of Houston. Uh, and then there's a series of small sort of townships, the largest of which is the Woodlands. Uh, and then Conroe is just north of that. So this would be just east of the Woodlands or about 40, Correct. 45 minutes mm-hmm. due north of, mm-hmm. of, uh, of uh, Houston. Uh, and so for those who are familiar with the area, you kind of think of Conroe and perhaps Woodlands as being a little more uh, affluent. And uh, so we don't sometimes always know just our neighbors, just to the outside of of, uh, of this sort of affluent bubble that we find ourselves in. So tell us a little bit about River Oaks and its, you know, its, its, its demographics and kind of what's there for people who perhaps are unfamiliar with the neighborhood. And then we'll start talking about it's a so. primary Latinx community. Um, it's certainly not in the same income bracket as as the Woodlands or, or even Conroe. Um, not that everyone is completely poverty stricken on the street, sure, right? But it's, but it's not the same, right? Right. Um, it's there's a lot of um, Spanish speaking okay. individuals, so. There's a language barrier sometimes when we go out. Luckily, my trusty sidekick can speak <laughs> Spanish. 
Most yeah. days. Most days. <laughs> most days, right. Some days it escapes her, but most days she can. <laughs> okay. Um, but what we found was a community completely decimated. Right. It was gone. I mean, it was literally gone. Their, their homes were upside down or smashed into one another, and their belongings, every single thing they owned, was in front of these destroyed homes. Okay. And they were all just standing there in shock. You know, they mm. just, nobody really knew where to begin. And we realized at that point, maybe my bologna sandwiches were not exactly what was necessary. Okay. So, okay. We'll, we'll talk about that. We're, we're going to take a, a short break here in just a few seconds. And then on the other side of that, kind of, we'll kind of pick up on that thought, right? You, you had a certain uh, uh, desire to prepare just the basics, bologna mm-hmm. sandwiches and water, uh, and then you get there and you begin to observe, well, this is bigger. Right. And so we'll kind of take, pick it up uh, from there uh, as we come back from break. Uh, again, you're, you're listening to The Good News Show. Uh, I am Ted Cox, the host. Uh, you're listening on 105, 104.5, 106.1, uh, streaming live on IRLoneStar.com. Uh, And we'll be right back with uh, Christine and Sierra right after the break to talk a little bit more about the needs then and the needs now. Talk to you on the other side of the break. Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app for your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's Community Radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That is Conroe's FM 104.5-106.5. Well, welcome back. You're listening to the Good News Program, uh, our little break from the week to uh, celebrate uh, just really extraordinary people doing good things in the community that you might not ever hear about. Um, We uh, have talked often uh, that the show's conception was uh, even though we are bombarded 24-7 with just bad news and we're at each other's throats, uh, there are folks like Christine and Sierra who are in our neighborhoods who would never on their own come forward and say the things that they're doing. And so uh, I thank them for coming in. And this is not a matter of, uh, of promoting ourselves, but rather uh, stating a need that we saw uh, to help people. And then also to talk, we'll talk a little bit more about the existing need uh, that is within the community and what we can do to help. Because my understanding is in, in communicating with a couple of folks that live there is there's still tremendous need there. Uh, and the need can be seemingly overwhelming. So we'll pick it back up uh, uh, with Christine. She was talking about uh, how um, she felt uh, led, need the need to give back to the community um, and uh prepared really this outstanding, this idea of preparing just a few lunches, a few meals, uh, and then with, uh, with the help of some friends, uh, constructed over 3,000 meals. But you begin to get there with your bologna sandwiches, as you've characterized them, <laughs> right. and you realize, oh, no, right. th- there's know. much more here. So kind of pick that up on what, what you saw. You, you've talked a little bit about your motivation and what you prepared and how the friends and, and, and other members came along. So you get there and you go, oh, goodness, this right. is this is worse. And, and so I'm originally from Indiana, and, and some of my folks from up there had seen that I was preparing these meals and that sort of thing, and they wanted me to set up a PayPal account so they could help donate hmm. because they felt comfortable doing that with me. Okay. And um, 
reluctantly I did so, and it took off as this whole thing has. Um, and you know, within a few days, we were buying an RV for somebody out there—a pop-up RV. Oh my goodness! Because their child was ill with a, a blood disorder, and and the fact that they were living in a potential what was going to be a health crisis right. in a very short period of time right, right. was was obviously terrifying. You know, you find people literally sleeping under carports, you right. know, in the beds of pickup trucks right. or in their front yard. So we, um, when we found them that day, immediately my mother and I in tears raced to Walmart and spent every penny that we possibly could oh on, on tents and sleeping bags and pillows. And, um, and I think every day the need changes, you know, mm-hmm. it, it goes from, okay, we've got something over their head right, for tonight but it's been five weeks and some of them are still out there in tents to you right. know, trying to get them into apartments or, to, it, you know, it was getting them vegetables to cook with or pots and pans to cook with or propane. It, every single day, the need changes. Right. Right. Well, well describe a little bit of, you know, about that again. It's uh, these are not images that we see or saw on the news. We saw the tremendous rescue images and, and uh, homes that were flooded, but, but we didn't see a lot of, uh, people's homes being flooded like this and them living in tents and camp or, or cooking on camping stoves, I'm assuming. So, I mean, are. what? Yes, it's yeah. still going on right now. Yeah. Um, and this neighborhood, the the unique situation that they have was they didn't get flooded until three o'clock in the morning the day after the her, the bad part of Harvey was gone. Okay. It was when the dam was released on the San Jacinto. Okay. And they went from three feet of water to 16 in... Is it less than a half an hour? Yeah, correct. Okay. Um, so that's what totally decimated this neighborhood. Mo- luckily, most of the residents had had time to evacuate, but right. with with no warning, um, you know, they, they, there was no kind of public service announcement. They were forecasting on doing it the next morning, not in the middle of the night. Oh, so interesting. It really, it really blindsided this entire community. They weren't able to, you know, really pack up their belongings and their sentimental pictures and baby stuff and. They weren't really able to prepare like some of the other neighborhoods were. Okay. So when it came in and the water went that, I mean, 30 minutes mm-hmm. to get 16 feet, the water rescues were out there were dire. The, the, you know, the fluorescent orange marks on the trailers every day are a reminder of just mm-hmm. how bad the neighborhood was, um, you know, that show when, when they were doing the water evacuations, they would just spray paint a big circle with mm. the date and stating, you know, so that everyone else could identify that that house had been evacuated. Uh, and that's, okay. okay. And so when you drive down the street, that's your big reminder every day was the water was this, was this high. I was in a house yesterday doing some mold inspections and this was the first time that people had returned to the house mm. and they didn't even know how high the water got. And we looked up and the ceiling fan had completely fallen apart from the water getting all the way up to the ceiling fan and they had big vaulted ceilings. So it had to be 15, 16 15, feet 16 up feet. at least. Right. Right. Um, and so that's, that's, that's the common in this neighborhood. That's okay. not, that, that's definitely the rule opposed to the exception where it's kind of mm-hmm. opposite of that in other communities. And right. that's what makes this, this entire community so heart wrenching and, you know, why we spend so much time sacrificing time with our families and, you know, putting marriages on the rocks and, mm. and our relationships with our kids right. because we see these people who are still experiencing severe PTSD. They've mm. been traumatized. Okay. They're not able to, um, you know, 
to make the decisions that you normally would because they're absolutely terrified. A lot of them own their land. They own their trailer. And it's all they have. have. So when we come in and we we recognize that it's a potential health problem to keep their kids in this area, to keep the elderly in this area. And, you know, we might have, you know, which we do, we have apartments, we have furniture. We're able to now offer these people, you know, a new home, um, be it temporary. um, That's, you know, if, if from three months to six months or however long their need is, they're still very reluctant to do that because they don't want to leave okay. the only place that they have and that is theirs. Right. So it's it's created a very unique, difficult situation for not only, I mean, for not only them, but for even the people helping because we present education and we try to, you know, illustrate just how dire the situation is. Right. And then we'll go down and you know, they're back in their houses having sure. dinner. Mm-hmm. And even even with the damage, even with the damage, they're still okay. because they're just they don't. It's a, a part of denial. One of the stages of grief. Mm. They they don't want to accept the fact that my house is completely destroyed. And until we get that big equipment in there right. to really do the demo work that needs to be done, we're going to keep having this issue because they're still seeing the shell of their house okay. and tying those memories to it. Now, what, what, and I know that there are, if there are several hundred homes, the, the damage may vary from home to home. But uh, what have you seen, um, or can you recount for us as an assessment? Is this uh, major damage that we're talking about in a lot of the homes? For example, will the whole home have to be mm-hmm. That's demolished and then rebuilt, or is this is this a repair? Um, so on the, the main street that we've been focusing on, it's actually, a, it's zoned as unincorporated Montgomery County. Okay. And their water source comes out of the city or township of Woodlock. So it's kind of a no man's land when it comes to trash okay. pickup, trash ah, removal. Okay. Um, and then there were some planning issues when the neighborhood was initially plotted out. So those are issues that were happening long before we got there, but were exasperated by the hurricane. Okay. So for the most part, the, the very front of this street, maybe a quarter mile yeah, in, is is right. not major damage. Um, they're okay. going to need they're going to need some mold remediation, some spraying. Right. Um, but then after that point, right, it's almost total devastation. Wow. Um, the houses the that entire, the entire back of the street, there's it's gone. And 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 the, so in the street, what we're talking about, if you're just joining us, is uh, is River Oaks, correct? Right, uh, which is uh, part of Montgomery County, uh, just south of where we're broadcasting from. And is it almost due east? Would you characterize uh, from the woodlands yes. on the other side of 45? Yes. So within our immediate listening area, uh, how how many would you estimate uh, folks, ha- uh, families? Let's let's characterize it that way. How many families do you think have been affected? On this street alone, there's 170 adults that have been affected and 83 children. Okay. And just one street. And that's That's correct. Just this one street. So they're on, they're, they're on that edge, like I mentioned. Yes. So the, the street right behind them is a more affluent community. So Ah, the trash haul off, there's still been issues with that community, but as far as you know, government aid and, and other agencies, right. this street is no man's land. Nobody really huh. wants to get out there. They it took a lot of pressure. It, it took a lot of pressure and shining the light back on some of the mm-hmm. county officials to okay. get trash haul off started um, and to get. Right so just the basics. 
mm-hmm. just a bit. Now, the, some of these the houses, which we've already talked about, uh, are total losses. Uh, so, so the basic services that would come into it, whether it's water or power or gas, is it, you couldn't get those services Correct. back up and running, right? Correct. Yes. And, and the, some a, of the stories that I've heard, I'm sorry, I, I interrupted you. We still have a house on the end of the street that doesn't have electricity. N- nothing. Because, because of the way the storm took the utility pole underneath ah, their home. Okay. It created a sinkhole, and now that trailer is sitting on top of that utility pole. There's no way to get any, oh my goodness. any lights there. So there's still cooking by campfire. And, and, and some of the, we had a guest on a couple of weeks ago uh, who was a photojournalist and took some pictures in that general area. It may have been on that street. Uh, he didn't mention it if it was. Uh, and there were um, a couple of kids that were just almost eaten alive, it appears, by mosquitoes. Yes. And so there are a number of things that we would take for granted, mm-hmm. like mosquitoes and mosquito repellents. Or snakes or, or rats snakes. and all yeah. of the things that are crawling around right next to where they're sleeping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and uh, some of the other images he captured were was that some of the families are still, even as we've already talked about, even today, in tents yes. or trailers yes. or, or things that... Um, so we, uh, we will need to go to break here uh, at the bottom of the hour. We have one more segment that we'll talk to them. Uh, and when we come back, maybe we'll talk a little bit about what you're seeing. And you may not have all of the answers because, again, as you've already talked, you're volunteers and you're just individuals and you're doing a tremendous job and you're, it's very heartwarming. But, you know, how can we help these? What, what would you say that we can do as a public to help them? Uh, so when we come back from break, we'll talk a little bit about the, the needs that are still existing. Uh, you are listening to the Good News Program with Ted Cox. Uh, we'll be talking with you on the other side of the break. Uh, and we'll be back with Christine and Sierra. A Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936-647-647. 3776 to take your first step into the radio. Welcome back to the Good News Program. You're listening here to on uh, 104.5, 106.1. We're broadcasting out of Conroe. Uh, you may also be listening to us uh, on IRLoneStar.com, streaming live or through one of our apps. So if you're if you're driving uh, down 45 or in one of the general areas and you uh, want to hear uh, the conclusion, um, you can certainly hop online and stream us live. Uh, in studio, we have uh, Christine and Sierra. We are talking specifically about uh, an area that uh, has perhaps been largely forgotten or at least overlooked uh, in, uh, in the damage and the needs. And they are a couple of volunteers who uh, were gracious enough to come in and talk a little bit about the area and then the needs. Uh, so, uh, again, in studio, I have Christina Sierra. We're talking specifically about the River Oaks uh, subdivision or area. Uh, it's just east of the Woodlands on the other side of uh, 45, on the east side of 45, and just um, just south of Conroe, where we're broadcasting uh, from. So, um, we've been talking a lot about the need and your motiva- both of your motivations about uh, seeing a need in the community. 
preparing the sandwiches, getting there and realizing, oh my gosh, this mm -hmm. is significantly bigger. Sandwiches are great. Right. Uh, water is wonderful. Uh, the basics are great, but you saw a need. And then describe uh, if you could, and then, then I want to wrap up the time uh, in just a few minutes um, with uh, what you would like to have people do to help. Uh, but describe um, the first week rolls on, second week rolls on, and now we're into how many weeks after Harvey? Six, five, five or six five, weeks. Seven. So, so if we were to drive uh, into to River Oaks, what would we see there? It's it's significantly better than it okay. was when we found it, but it was such a complete disaster when we found it that those you know those are small shoes to fill. Um, we still have trash that needs to be picked up. Um, we still have people, you know, as we said, living in tents. We still have a need for food on the street. Um, Sierra, what can you add? There's still a lot of demo work that needs to be done. Um, actually, a lot of demo work. That's You almost would get a false sense of, of completion when driving down River Oaks mm -hmm. at this point. Oh, interesting. You, okay. Because you see a lot of the trash has been hauled off, and then you see the houses, but you don't see inside the houses. You don't okay. see the mold has taken over the houses. You don't see that the, the support beams and the drywalls rotted and the floors rotted. You don't see the holes. So when you drive down, it doesn't mm -hmm. look like just you're strolling down a neighborhood by any stretch of the imagination, but it doesn't okay. quite look as bad as it did because there's been so much, there, there's been trash cleanup. Oh, um, okay. Because but, and the roads are dry and the lawns are dry. As long as and it hasn't base. rained. Yes, um, yes. The the, of course, the, we just got rained the last couple of days. And and they had to have pump trucks out there pumping because okay. the the road gets impassable after about thirty minutes of a light sprinkle. Do you know if this is common? Was did, did yes. this, this this flooding happen prior to this? Because we talked about the yes, major flooding and the release of the dam. So it's common that this area. Well, just this one section of the road. Okay. Um, okay. But it does burst. deem it, it. There's a pipe that was burst. And okay. Um, it just hasn't been repaired, but it did deem the rest of the, I mean, it's right at the front of the mm -hmm. road. So okay. anyone that was past that point would have to call off a of work. Kids right. can't go to school. And that's been that way for at least two years. Mm -hmm. Wow. So okay. that's, that's a, a, just a factor of life in this community, which, right. you know, for us living on the other side of 45 and living in different communities, Right. We don't realize that that kind of stuff is still going it, on right. with our neighbors. Mm -hmm. right. And if you were to get down to the end of River Oaks, you would quite honestly think you're in a third world country. Yes. So so in the stretch of of one road, of one street, uh, you go from relatively okay mm -hmm. to disaster. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Um so we were uh, we were talking a little bit early earlier uh, that uh, through some of your friends and family that don't live in this area, you've set up a couple of mechanisms uh, for people to be able to give uh, funding uh, or donations. You, you mentioned uh, while we were off air uh, that a lot of the donations that have come in, you're out of storage room. Is that, Correct. am I, did I hear Correct. you correctly? Okay, we, so what, what are some of the, I'm sorry, go ahead. And we've rented two storage um, facilities to, to keep up with donations that have come in for us. Okay. And as I said, we also make trips to the fifth ward. So, okay. Yes. And their needs are different than river Oaks. Okay. So, you know, we'll take one storage unit for, you know, fifth, fifth ward and the other is for river Oaks. And so, um, and the community has been great in 
you know, responding to us when we put a call out, you know, that I need diapers or I need water or I need bleach or right. I need furniture. They're, they've been there. So. And so how are you communicating? What, what through what? Social media. So it's just all social media? Facebook can actually be a decent thing once in a while. <laughs> okay, that was fine. Because <laughs> it does it does seem that every once in a while when I'll get on Facebook, I just I get mad right. and shut it down. It's like, uh, <laughs> so, um, so social media. So, tell, so we've focused almost all of our time uh, on River Oak. So tell us then about the Fifth Ward. Tell us about what uh, certainly we saw a lot of that when we were uh, going through Harvey in the immediate aftermath. Uh, so what's it like now? If you if, if you or I were to take a trip down, what would we see there? You said the knees M- are different. Much the same. Much the, much same. the same. Okay. It would yes. resemble River Oaks mm-hmm. a okay. month ago. Right. They're, they're further fifth behind. Ward, I was yeah. just going to say, fifth. Mm-hmm. so Fifth Ward today is River Oaks a month ago. Correct. Mm-hmm. So are, are the people there in the Fifth Ward, are they moving back into their homes? Or they, they, they never left. Their homes. They never left. Mm-hmm. So the water didn't quite get quite as high? Oh, it did. Oh, it did. It but did. once it okay. receded, they were right back in mm-hmm. their houses because okay. they didn't have anywhere else to go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, what what are some of their their needs? And then, then in the remaining few minutes, we'll talk about how can folks who are listening to us or coming on to our social media, which we'll mention in just a moment, uh, you know, how can they help? What's the needs and how can they help? So, so what, what are their needs in the fifth ward? They need food um, that will actually sustain them, not just somebody driving through with one sandwich. You know, they need okay. sustainable food. Um, and are they able to prepare the food? So, some or, of them are, the some food? of them are not. Okay. So, um, you know, canned goods, okay. you know, th- that sort of thing. Um, they were amazingly receptive to MREs. Actually. MREs were, okay. were they, used. They really mm-hmm. were happy to see those boxes of MREs. Because by the okay. time they showed up at River Oaks, we were past that point. So we were actually able to use those to take to the Fifth Ward. Okay. And are and you still them. getting those now, the MREs yeah, and canned goods and so forth? We are getting so we, canned goods, but okay. we're not, we don't have any access to MREs. So we're, we're past that Correct. immediate triage. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And blankets, okay. sleeping bags, pillows, tents. Okay. Help setting those up. That was something that that we found out um, that we're learning as we go with all of this. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that came up after we had people set up in River Oaks was that there are very specific ways to set up a tent when you're in a disaster area, when you're surrounded by debris and rubble. There's okay. very specific ways to line out tarps so that hmm. the tent is actually keeping sealed, you safe right. and mm-hmm. sealed away from the the toxins and things that you would normally be exposed mm-hmm. to. Okay. So that's another thing that definitely as tents go down to the fifth ward, getting that education across to them is, okay. is going to be really mm-hmm. important as well. Okay. Um, so the, so at this point, as you're beginning to look into the sort of immediate future, uh, which I, I would imagine is probably pretty hard to look beyond 24 or 48 or 72 hours. So looking into the immediate future, let's just say as we work our way into the weekend, uh, it seems like you still have these two efforts going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have the fifth ward, which is predominantly uh, canned goods and uh, characterize it non-perishable food. Right. Um, Blankets, Mm -hmm. uh, tents are still a need for for that area. Tents, Pots, sleeping bags. Uh, what about uh, uh, baby needs? We um, definitely can use size five and six diapers all day long. Um, okay. And a Similac formula. I have a huge call for that when we get down there. Baby food. Okay. So, so if I'm if I'm uh, if I'm sitting there and I'm listening to you, uh, and I go, okay, I I can't. First of all, I can't believe this is still going on. That's a. 
<clears throat> B, uh, I still want to help. I, I have canned goods or can get canned goods or tents or blankets or formula or five, five size five and six diapers. How would they then go about, let's just let's just sort of separate the two since the two needs. So for the fifth ward, for the items that you have here, do you have a place that somebody can go uh, online to say, here's a list of things that we need? Um, well, we, we've been doing that through Facebook, and I've been using um, our community Facebook page through Alden Bridge. Okay. And that's usually, you know, how I do a shout-out. But um, certainly they could contact me through, through um, Facebook or Sierra. Okay. Um, my friend Marie Funk, they could contact her as well. Becca Glenn, those are some of the girls that have been working with us to try to corral do donations as we okay. get inundated with them. So. All right. And for, for those of us, uh, or for those of you who are listening either – uh, online or streaming online or on uh, 104.5, 106.1 on our FM broadcast, uh, I will post it, uh, the information, both the list as well as contact information on my Facebook page. So you can go to Facebook, uh, look at the look up uh, at uh, Good News Program, um, and I will have the contact information uh, for them. Uh, so, uh, so again, it's a, you can go to Facebook page uh, at Good News Program, uh, and I will have both the contact information they leave with me at the at the end of the program, as well as a at least a partial list, and uh, and I'll ask that you check back on it from time to time uh, to make sure because those needs shift from almost day to day, or at least a couple of days Correct. to a couple of days. Uh, so, uh, what we'll do is we'll we'll go to our final break before the top of the hour. And we'll come back and we'll spend the last couple of minutes talking about River Oaks because we mentioned uh, PayPal and donations and uh, heavy demo equipment. So we'll kind of end up uh, on that so that people know that we have really two efforts going on uh, and how they can participate and support your effort in making sure that these folks who desperately still need care yes. uh, get the care and just the basic uh, human uh, comforts of food and a bed and a cot and exactly. clean diapers that these fellow neighbors of ours, uh, regardless of color or religious uh, um, ad adherement, uh, that we comfort our fellow neighbor. Uh, so we'll be right back in a, in a couple of minutes, and we'll finish up our conversation with Christine and Sierra. Uh, you're listening to the Good News Program on Lone Star Community Radio. A Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's radio station with talk, music, weather, and traffic for Montgomery County. Have a question or comment about one of our shows? Want to know how to reach a host? Just contact the station at IRLoneStar.com or call in and leave a message at 936-647-3776. Get involved with your community with Lone Star Community Radio. Welcome back to the Good News Program. I am Ted Cox. I'm your host for these couple of hours. Um, thank you for joining us. Uh, I really uh, appreciate my guest. Um, as a reminder, Jimmy Edwards was in on the first hour, and uh, we thank him so much for his service to the country, both as a Marine in Vietnam, as well as uh, honoring those all of those who have served in the Montgomery County Veterans Memorial Commission. Uh, and I, I want to especially thank uh, a couple of folks that uh, are here now, Christine and Sierra, who were kind of thrown into this. Uh, and so with much uh, angst and trepidation, they have done a fantastic job with making known 
potentially a problem that even in just uh, neighborhoods in Conroe and Woodlands uh, that we either don't know about uh, or have forgotten about because uh, our lives have returned to something that resembles normal. Uh, but uh, just in our immediate neighborhood, just miles away, a couple of miles away, uh, after Harvey, uh, life has not yet returned to normal and perhaps won't return to normal for some time. So, uh, Christine and Sierra, thank you so much for, for jumping into the fire. You, you've you. done a fantastic <laughs> job with, with sounding the alarm that there's still neighbors of ours who need help. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, let's just remind our, our listeners um, Uh, I will post on the Good News Facebook page. So if you go to Facebook and you search at Good News Program, uh, you will have some contact information at the close of the show, uh, as well as a list. And so you'll see two lists of two needs uh, that are being served by Christine and Sierra. Uh, One is the Fifth Ward, which is primarily a basic needs of canned goods, uh, blankets, uh, cots, tents, uh, diapers, formula, and so forth, and we'll have that list. Uh, but let's, let's, with just a couple of minutes that we have left, let's turn our attention back uh, to River Oats in our closing minutes and describe to us again, just as a reminder to the listeners, kind of what the need is and, uh, and the mechanism, the channel through which you're going to collect that need and distribute that need. And we mentioned a PayPal account, which we'll link to, but just kind of refresh what, what River Oaks I think that our biggest concern with River Oaks is that this was an ongoing problem before Harvey. Okay. And some of these folks have flooded for the third time since 94. Right. And they are afraid to leave because they own the land. They don't have the finances to, to go someplace else. Okay. They are being denied FEMA because this is the third time they've been flooded. So oh, interesting. now they're losing They've lost literally everything, and all they have is that piece of property. Okay. And so our— Now, does the pop property at this point have any value? I We're still waiting on the county right. to Okay, that's fine. I, did, I, I didn't uh, want to ask you a question that's yeah, perhaps difficult for you to answer. It is. It is mm-hmm. And in such a, such a special flood zone, and right. with these new storms that we're getting and the right. ferocity We don't know what the new them, floodplain is going to be. We don't so. know what the county is going to end up determining as far as these. Okay, so that's that still in the they, process of being determined. When they bought them years ago, they were they were very they were sold to them at a much higher price than they were actually worth. Okay. So okay. Um, we don't know what that, that's going to manifest as as right. time goes on. Right. Okay. Well, and and we mentioned uh, on the off air, so it'd be good for us to sort of remind our, our listeners who may have heard a couple of weeks ago, we had a group on Lone Star Legal Aid. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a, a, an organization that helps uh, pro bono work for legal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if we have uh, any listeners uh, within the River Oaks area who may think that they need legal help, uh, you certainly also can go on to our Facebook page uh, and uh, we should communicate this in an offline manner as well that the Lone Star Legal Aid group uh, perhaps could help or at least begin the filings if they have not done so already with, with FEMA. So, right. so again, let's, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about River Oaks as we kind of. So I think that our, our, our you know, our long-term goal obviously right. um, is to try to get those people off of the street who want off of the street permanently. Okay. And, um, and by and, off that street, off that. Right. That I mean, River Oaks. completely off of River Oaks okay. so that this does not happen to them again. Okay. There are people who want to stay and, and that's certainly their prerogative. We're not trying to force anyone out. Sure. And um, 
There are people who are beginning to rebuild. Um, I don't know that that's a great idea, but okay. I understand. Sure. Um, but there are also people who we've spoken with who, given the opportunity to go with some assistance, want to do that. So our goal is to try to get them out of the situation and that obviously takes funds. We okay. want we want to buy land. We want you know we're okay. still working out the logistics. So this is a much logistics. bigger this is mm-hmm. a huge project that you project. have in mind. Correct. So who would have known that a couple of bologna sandwiches would turn into this? Huh? I have often said I, while I was busy <laughs> making bologna sandwiches, this thing went crazy. I don't know what happened. So okay, well, well, tell us uh, some of then the organization. How how are you beginning to uh, accumulate donations and funds and um, and those kind of things? Well, we're uh, very tight with our pocketbooks. Okay. Right. We don't, we're, we're still very, very leery to dig into our funds for anything because okay. we're. And these are donations the that have been given to you Correct. thus far. Correct. Okay. Because um, okay. we're, we're trying to stay focused on that bigger picture um, and, and utilize the community for the immediate needs so that we can, you know, hopefully get enough money to actually relocate these people right. and get okay. them into some land. And But you have a fund set up. Mm-hmm. We do. Okay. We do. And is it a single fund or is yes. it multiple? So it's a single but fund. It is. And then I have another person who is who had been um, collecting for a while who is going to turn that over to me when we finally, you know, come up okay. with a, a logistical solid plan that, okay. that will help house something. And is this an established or soon to be established uh, nonprofit? We have 5013C right. stuff that we're working on right now to get. Okay. So it's in the process. The right. So yeah. people uh, coming in the very near future want to continue to contribute it will soon be under a nonprofit, and and we can right. link to that as it's established as well. Absolutely, is that right? Mm-hmm. Is that okay? But is it premature then to to talk about how they may be able to give uh, in the meantime? If somebody wants to donate through PayPal, is that something we oh, can no, link absolutely. to? Absolutely, okay. absolutely, oh, yes, absolutely. That for sure. Yeah, I'm not going to turn down free money. Okay, <laughs> no. Okay, well, um, uh, we will. Uh, l- let's wrap up here for just a just a couple of minutes, just to remind people what what we've heard. So, we've been through Harvey. Uh, Harvey s- uh, came on. It stayed. It flooded. Uh, a lot of the flooding abated. Uh, the the major media left, uh, and there's a there's a seeming a sense of normalcy uh, that yet still doesn't exist for several communities. Uh, the communities we've been talking about with Sierra and Christine are the River Oaks area, uh, which, of course, is just south of us where we're broadcasting out of Conroe, just east of the Woodlands. Uh, There is some needs that are now beyond perhaps just the basics, but we're looking at a much larger project. Uh, So as as we get further information, uh, we will link to it uh, on our Facebook page. Uh, So I want to thank Sierra and Christine for coming in and and being sort of a baptized by fire, <laughs> you, you guys did a great job. Uh, for those yeah. who are listening, again, you, you're either listening to us on 104.5 or 106.1, or streaming live on IRLoneStar.com. Uh, as a final reminder, you can get all of the information uh, that we've talked about on our Facebook page. If you go to Facebook and you uh, search for at Good News Program, uh, within the next couple of hours at the most, uh, I will have links and list of ways that you can donate, uh, both hard goods like canned goods and, and diapers and tents and things, uh, as well as money that will go towards the location relocation. Uh, you've been listening to the Good News Program. We will talk to you again next Thursday at 1. Thank you for listening. Thanks for checking out this podcast of Lone Star Community Radio, Montgomery County's community radio station. 
If you enjoyed this recording, make sure to check out our past shows online at IRLoneStar.com or their respective video or podcast formats on YouTube, Google Play, or iTunes. If you have any questions regarding the show, either it being about sponsorships or questions for the host, contact the station manager at D-I-C-K at IRLoneStar.com or call the station at 936-647-3776. This show was recorded in downtown Conroe, Texas at the Lone Star Community Radio Studio. And Lone Star Community Radio reserves all rights